1: Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth.
0: Hi, 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 everyone. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and welcome to the Visual Workplace, where we let the workplace speak. This is our weekly radio show, and in each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living landscape of work, through visual devices, through visual systems and mini-systems. How to install the language of our current level of operational excellence, even if we are not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we will be soon. And when we make that level visual, when we make it concrete through visual devices and systems, we can literally see how we think and we can predict how that thinking will function because we have captured it, we have made it so. This is the visual workplace. It is an embedded system of operations. The devices are embedded. They are physical. They are embedded into the physical landscape. And why do we bother? We bother for the bottom-line benefits, improved safety, Better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking, shrinking, shrinking costs, splendid cultural alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce on all levels, because visuality teaches people a system of thinking. It's called visual thinking. There are building blocks to those thinkings. to that thinking, there's principles. And as we learn to think, we learn to do. We think differently. We do differently. Mm? This splendid cultural alignment is a thinking culture, a thinking work culture. And we enjoy ourselves along the way. We flow. Visuality is one of the major strategies for creating flow. The enterprise, as a result, becomes increasingly conscious, fluid. I say it, self-aware, self-aware. This is a workplace that speaks. And I also say, oh, wonderful, oh, wonderful, really wonderful. You know, I've been doing this for 32. I think I crossed the line into my 33rd year, very recently. And uh, I'm as happy as a pig in a poke. I find this field of visuality so rich and so satisfying just for me personally. It's really easy for me to become increasingly interested in sharing what I learned with you because it's been such a gift. It's a gift to have language that's embedded, that's there because we have designed it to be there to help us along our way. We experience exactly this when we're in, uh, on our highways and our roads, in our car. The road is our helper, is our partner. We could not get where we are going without its help. And its help is in a a visual format. It has been designed by civil engineers, highway engineers. That's the only difference. It is a workplace for us in a way. But someone else designed it. They did a pretty good job. And please notice how it changes and improves. Because accidents still happen. Mistakes are still made. Motion is still existent. Okay, They're doing it a slightly different way, but we can recreate this process by becoming visual thinkers in the workplace. We can let the workplace speak. So welcome. The holidays are upon us and all of us here at Visual Thinking Inc. wish all of you in places everywhere around our great planet a very happy and safe time of celebration. And we hope rest, 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 rest. A long winter's nap. You have worked hard this year, so have we. You have dreamed hard, so have we. Now rest and let things move along on their own. Because they will. Things move along on their own anyway. They don't require our constant tending, our uninterrupted vigilance. So we can rest now. We can rest and know that we have done well and all will be well course it takes time that's what it's this whole event is all about time so happy holidays we had our holiday party yesterday at a local german restaurant gustav's <laughs> old-fashioned unbelievably heavy unbelievably delicious food <laughs> topped with german bread pudding and cream oh my gosh it was so good And may I extend a very grateful shout out to the people who make it happen here, my colleagues, my teammates, Cindy and Horatio, Aurelia and Sherry, Alex and Rupert, Martin, Harold, Chris, and Merlin the Cat. From my heart to yours, thank you. Thank you. Some of those folks are partners in their own company. But, you know, we've been very lucky because the so-called vendors in our life work with us as though uh, we are members of their team and really, as though it's almost as though we're their only customers, the folks at Stellar Active that helped us with our new website. Our new website, oh my gosh. Please look at it. We're launched. Eight of the more than 50 learning modules are available for download. I'm sorry, seven. Eight by the end of the day today. Horatio is working on that now. Eight of the more than 50 modules learning webinars are available for download, for download. And if you want to move any of your end-of-the-year funds, this is a really good investment. Most modules are about an hour, a ton of examples and exercises, gorgeous, gorgeous learning, gorgeous examples, hundreds of them, $500 per module, good for a year. It's a system of visual thinking focused specifically on the basics of visuality or on building blocks, or on smart placement, or the visual where borders, addresses, visual machine, visual hospital, visual metrics, we've got eight of these up, there's a lot more to go. So if you don't see what you see there, if, what you want there, drop us a line and we'll, we'll move it to the front of the developmental list, it takes us about 100 hours per module. It's a lot of work and it's our pleasure to make them beautiful and full of good learning. We'll also be putting up the Shingo Visual Workplace course soonish. We're working on that now. And Mistake Proofing will be up at the end of January. This is the, great, the work of the great Martin Hinckley. And also the 10 Doorways. So there it is. So this, oh, and, and I want to tell you one other thing uh, before I move into t- today's show. Um, let me see. We are going to be launching our membership platform. In January, there's going to be three levels. This is a really lovely opportunity for you. It's going to be packaged, very affordable, and you get a whole bunch of stuff. There'll be three levels. Part of that will be my podcasts. My shows will always be available forever for a week after the broadcast. So download them during that first week. After that, the show will go into an archive. And be available based on your membership level. And that launches mid-January, so you have time. And by the way, if you are from a developing country, you know, about 70,000 people listen to this show every month. Well, some of you use our podcast as the primary way to learn about workplace visuality and, and how to implement it. And as we move forward into these new models, we want to make sure no one misses the learning due to any kind of financial constraint. So if you have an economic limit that would keep you from listening, like to the podcast, please contact us. We'll send you a form to complete, and we'll get back to you quickly with uh, information about moving forward. But remember, the shows, the new, every new show, like this one, and this doesn't start until the middle of January, of, so you can pod, you can download all the podcasts over the holidays. But every show will be available for listening and download for a full seven days, and then it goes into our podcast archives. That will begin mid-January. Okay, very good. <laughs> I'm very, very happy with this time of year. It's very beautiful, and good things are happening. So um, I wanted to tell you that this will be our last live show of the year i've kept my promise i subjected you to a lot of encores this summer and i promised that i would every that i would make every show i think it was from september live and i've done that i think with the exception of two and we will have encore shows over the holiday and in the first week in january and because my december trip to the uk was postponed until january i will launch the second half of the visual leadership series in February when I get back. This is visual leadership, the executive function, and we will begin with the X type matrix. Please join us. Okay. I want to make sure we get a pretty good run, so we're postponing that until we can do like three or four shows. Uh, I'm, I am traveling, I'm continuing to travel, but I want to get, you know, a kind of run of two or three shows before having to um, wait for the next installment. So today is the third show in our mini-series, The Visual Machine, Let the Equipment Speak. I believe this show, which is on visual lubrication, will take two shows. I thought I could squeeze it into one, but I had too many end-of-the-year announcements, and I know, Joe, that you are complaining about the fact that I'm haven't yet gotten to the point, but I'm getting to the point now. It'll probably take us two shows. And by the way, let me just say another little footnote. I will be re-recording last week's show during the holidays. If you listened in last week, you'll know why. The replacement should be up uh, on January 1st or slightly before. So make sure to download that one if you're interested in Visual Machine before January, about mid-January, January 12th, 13th or so. So, With the visual machine, and we're talking about letting the machine speak, we put the foundation in place in the first two shows. We named the layers of visual information, in that case that guides operators in inventing visual devices for the machine and for the machine function. I call it the layer cake, the visual layer cake. And we'll add the maintenance function at some point definitely going to be touching upon maintenance today as we turn our attention to visual lubrication. So I am going to walk through that model of visual lubrication in this show and probably uh, the show the second week in January. And this is actually the way we teach lubrication for the machine, for the visual machine, and it will soon also be a webinar uh, so you can simply download it and use it and get all the pictures. But the photos that Cindy uh, Lyndon included in our newsletter uh, last week, and I believe this week as well, are important photographs, especially the uh, visual lubrication points. That's going to be part of our discussion today. So if you've got that newsletter, just pull it up on the screen so that you can uh, uh, follow what I'm saying about the loop points if you don't get our newsletter just drop us an email and we'll get it to you it's got pictures and you know it's really good okay i'm going into my first break and when we come back we'll begin our discussion in earnest see you in a minute
1: from the boardroom to you voice america business network Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
0: Hi there, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn. You're joining us in the second part of our show today at the Visual Workplace. And today we are learning things about letting the machine speak, about the visual machine as part of our visual workplace. And what we are going to be talking about now as we turn our attention to visual lubrication is a thinking model. Everything that I've been saying and sharing with you for the last three and a half years has been about a thinking model, a combination of knowledge and know-how, a system of thought, the principles and practices of visuality. This time we're training them on the machine, but it's still visuality, basic and powerful, and it is still thinking. The opposite of thinking is cookie-cutter. The difference between inventing a visual solution that governs, guides, limits, um, surfaces performance, our performance, and pasting someone else's solution on the machine instead. Kaboom. Now do it. There's no adherence. There's no ownership. There's no inventiveness. There's no thinking. Thinking, you whether you're the operator or maintenance, will continue to develop your understanding as you apply devices. With thinking, as you get smarter, your devices will get smarter because you'll understand that visuality as language evolves. It gets clearer, more refined as we use it, as we become comfortable with it and master it. You will develop a workplace that speaks and a machine that speaks in a voice that is your own because you have made it so. This is available to every company and every person in every company because visuality is a language. And we must learn and we will learn to speak it. And in this way, machines will become not the nightmare of our waking hour, every waking hour at work. Machines will become our partners. Partners in excellent performance. 85% OEE. For those of you who understand it, need I say more? 85% level of OEE. OEE, 85%. Wowzer. So this is the basis, the framework of logic within which I will now go into detail about making the machine speak and I want you to understand I am not an engineer by training or even by experience I am someone who has created a system of learning that is so very interesting that I keep digging into it so all of some of you out there will be able to name the brands of lubricants and coolants and and grease by brand and by viscosity and all of that great I will not be able to uh, talk on that level You're an expert in that, right versus wrong oil and process loops, but I am an expert on building a visual lube function and how people can make it so. I'll be walking through, uh, I think I'll at least name all six of them, the six big lube mistakes, the six big mistakes that are made in lubrication, and I'll be talking about Visual tools that will help as well as time permits. And we'll go into the solution of those mistakes as time permits as well. 70 to 80% of all machine failures are due to lubrication problems, they are caused by bad lubrication. And chief amongst those reasons is people don't realize that lubrication is the cause of these machine failures. Or that there's something they can do about it. What you get is one common response to all lubrication problems, which is to add more lubrication. <laughs> and yet, over-lubrication is one of the six big lube mistakes. Okay? That machine downtime, the loss production, bad quality, wrecked machines. Lubrication is the cause of... Bad lubrication is the cause of 70 to 80% of those failures. So this is really, really, really important. When we teach visual lubrication, we make sure that people understand how lubrication performs. And that's what I'm going to do in a moment. But first, I am going to invite you to enter into a mini horror story with me. This is a a once-upon-a-time 15 years ago. Once upon a time, an unnamed, once-upon-a-time 15 years ago, an unnamed maintenance person put the wrong oil in an air compressor. Air compressor. It's called a Sulaire. And at the time, it was a part, it was the only air compressor that serviced something called a Banbury. I'm looking at this now. This is about two or three stories high, and it's easily a half a block long. It's a very complex machine for for uh, uh, manufacturing rubber. Okay, it's a, it's called a Banbury. So here's what happened: the compressor, which required fifty gallons of a kind of synthetic oil, which at the time cost fifty dollars a gallon, fifteen years ago. Instead, the person poured a gallon of automatic. Uh, transmission fluid. This was a big mistake. Big mistake. The transmission oil was for a different compressor. It was for something called a Garner Denver, 200 horsepower. Several weeks went by and in the middle of a run, the Sulaire, the air compressor, compressor died and the Banbury automatically shut down. This is the sad story. When contacted, the vendor, the Sulaire vendor came out and verified that the errand had indeed seized up and needed to be replaced. And after a number of hours more of investigation the maintenance and the engineering department couldn't find the cause. They couldn't find any reason for it. And they began to suspect that something else happened. And then they discovered that the wrong lubricant was added during a routine preventive maintenance. A lubricant test proved that this was true, and with that, the vendor warranty was voided. The manufacturer was not at fault. After a ton of paperwork requiring many approvals and a long search for a new air end, the replacement was purchased and while waiting for that maintenance began the 3-day flushing process to get rid of the bad lubricant which meant drain 50 gallons from the solaire put 50 new gallons of the correct oil into the solaire run the solaire flush it out with a new 50 gallons of the right of the of the right uh the right uh, oil it was a very costly mistake. Very costly. First of all, it cost seventy-five hundred dollars just for each fifty-gallon wash times three. I beg your pardon. It was fifty dollars a gallon times the fifty gallons that were needed times three for the three for the two flushes and the final mm-hmm. remaining uh, lubricant, and then it cost for for the labor about. About fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars, and the new component cost twenty thousand dollars. So the definable, the fixed costs were forty-three hundred, forty-three thousand four hundred dollars. But the machine was down for three weeks, at seventy thousand dollars per day. I'm sorry, the machine was down. What was that amount of time? Darn it! Ha. Huh. The machine was down. At any rate, I beg your pardon, my math is a little bit uh, crazy right here. It doesn't quite make sense. It was $150,000 worth of lost production. And altogether, with the fixed cost, it was $193,400 all because and only because the wrong lubricant was used. This is a horror story. And it is a good way to get people's attention because it was a small mistake. It was an unintentional mistake, but it was an information deficit and the resulting motion was huge, huge, missing information. So let's find out about lubricants. Why lubricate machinery and how and what happens when you don't? First of all, lubricant, whether that's oil or grease or coolant, helps machinery in three crucial ways. It cools the components by lowering the friction between the moving parts. Lubrication does this because it naturally coats a surface. Lubrication provides a buffer, naturally provides a buffer, and we'll go into the chemistry of that in a moment, provides a buffer or a shield between it and any other surface. So it's a little cushion. Number two, because of this natural coating function, lubrication protects the machine components and keeps them clean. You can think of lubrication as the lifeblood of the machine. Think of it as blood. And this is a good analogy because here's the nature of lubricants. Some lubricants, some oils can spread as thin as one molecule. That means that five millimeters of oil can spread out and cover an area that is 50 times or more its size. It spreads. It's like a, a gallon of marbles or sand. It just spreads. And because oil can spread so thin, it can get into the hidden places of a machine. It goes a long way, but it also goes far. There's no place it doesn't go. And that becomes important later when we talk about contaminants. And the other thing about lubricants is they stick. This is a very useful property for the machine, but it's a bad property for floor spills, isn't it? They stick. If you've ever cleaned up a spill, it's just so much work. So I'm going to tell you about lubricants and their chemistry when you come back a little bit about free radical molecules and you'll understand why the lubrication process is both a miraculous one but also a problem if it's done wrong or with the wrong um uh, lubricant so we're going into our second break and i'll be here when you get back see you in a minute
1: Welcome to the unique job search community of Lynn Radice Live! You do have the power to land the perfect job. If you are unemployed or underemployed or looking for your next career move, tune in to Lynn Radice Live. Get a job, no excuses. This is a first-of-its-kind job empowerment show. Lynn will identify the most critical needs in today's job market and show you how you can get a top position today. Get ready. Let's get hired. Lynn Radice Live airs live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program.
0: Hi there. Welcome back. Welcome to the third part of our show today at the Visual Workplace. We're talking about the visual machine, and we're talking about lubrication and the visual machine, visual lubrication. We Just before the break, we're discussing the nature of lubricants. And I had said that lubricants adhere, they stick, which is useful for machine lubrication, but bad a bad property when it spills, when you have floor spills of sticky stuff. So I want to talk about the chemistry, just one aspect of the chemistry of lubricants. And as I mentioned uh, at the top of our discussion, I think it's really important to share this knowledge with operators. I think maintenance folks have a course in this, but if they don't, if you suspect they don't know this as a basis, then make sure that they know this knowledge as well. because it helps us understand why it's so important, why it's so important to use the right lubricant in the right machine, in the right quantity, at the right frequency, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Lubricants, grease and oil, contain free radicals. They contain a molecule that is looking for another molecule to attach to. Free radicals create a kind of static charge that draws bits and pieces to it, including bits and pieces of dirt and dust and slivers. A free radical molecule needs another molecule to complete it. To complete it, to complete its structure. Oil contains free radicals. Dirt contains free radicals. Both the dirt and the lubricant are looking for a spare molecule to complete their respective structure. This is not a marriage made in heaven between dirt and lubricant. It's a marriage made in the other place. And it's one of the reasons why contaminants are so vicious in a machine. Because the oil is looking for a mate. And if it mates with the wrong mate, you know what happens. And they and you can't get them divorced. They're stuck. Literally stuck. Lubricants and dirt attract each other. They want to be together. <laughs> so grease and oil so to speak, naturally collect dirt and debris. And that's yikes, 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 yikes. So, once again, I want to say this. Oil and grease have a surface tension that holds on to anything that it comes in contact to, in, in contact with. This natural property makes oil and grease hard to remove. But that's good because they coat then and protect the machine but the same property makes it easy for dirt and other contaminants to get imprisoned in it okay and as a result because lubricants are the blood of the machine those dirt that dirt and contaminants get tracked get carried deeper and deeper and deeper into the machine and machines wear out and then they shut down so I want to talk about two more things I'll be able to touch on the second thing uh, at the beginning, but I want to talk now about visual tools for effective lubrication. There's a set of six of them, and I think it's well worth your focus to, f- to focus on these six. I set up this approach to visual lubrication, setting up six tools, because I want to kind of move you away from the idea of putting visual tools in place As they occur to you, even though you're going to be using motion, information deficits, motion as a lever to find the information deficits, these six visual tools for effective lubrication are requirements. Here they are. A lube chart. Lube charts for your process lubes and your machine lubrication. I'll go into a little bit of detail in a moment. Lube discs and tags so you know where the lubrication goes. That's number two. Number three, a lube cart. A lube cart designated for by machine type. Because the machine type will govern the kinds of lubricants. And on that cart are lubricants that operators can be responsible for as part of autonomous maintenance. And a lube cart is my recommendation in maintenance where you don't have a choice of which lube shall I use on this machine, as we learned about the Solaire, about the air compressor. Choosing the wrong one can have disastrous effect. So a lube cart for operators, lube cart for maintenance. A lube cabinet that's organized in a way that it is designed to the task of lubrication. It isn't just any cabinet so you can shut the door. But it is designed to task. That's number four. Number five, the same kind of design to task is your hazmat room, your hazardous material room. Design it. Use the principles of smart placement. Use the principles of the visual wear. Design it. And finally, a lube diagram where you can see where the lubrication goes, color-coded to lubricant. Those six, lube charts, two, lube discs and tags, three, lube carts, four, lube cabinet, five, hazmat room or lube room, if you want to say that, and six, lube diagram. So just a few points. This takes time. This is a project that will take to complete three or four months if you're diligent, industrious. It can take longer, but if you have the roadmap, you can just take these in bite-sized pieces. I would suggest the first thing for you to do is to separate, clarify, and color code your machine lubrication system, the, the set of machine lubricants, separate them from your process lubricants. Okay, and you have lube type, you have the lube name and vendor, so you can think of this as columns, the Oil color and container, it's the ISO AW32 or AW68, it's Chevron clear light yellow in fi- a five-gallon pail. As compared to the Air Tool oil IM6 from Snap-on, it's also clear light yellow, but it's in a white plastic squeeze bottle. Next column, which would be column three, the purpose. And the next column, column four, how to apply and how to dispose of. And you color code it. You come up with a coherent color code system. I'm looking at four colors, green, black, yellow, and red. In this case, we're dealing with some gearboxes. So we're looking at four levels of uh, gear lube. And do that, and then the process lubes, do them separately. This will give you the basis for moving forward, and forward is then putting your discs, number two, your discs and your tags in place. You have to find out where the lube goes and what lube goes there. So you're going to use the initials that you used for your color coding, You're going to use the initials on the disks. You're going to name the placement right on the face of the machine, right at the lube point, and the kind of lubricant. This is another piece of work, and yes, the machine will have to be clean. In order for this information to adhere, you're going to have to clean it. Now you can just clean a little spot (laughs) and put the little paper disk there or the plastic disk there. Or you can clean the whole machine. So number two is, and do this on a model machine. Always do a demonstration. Work through the process on a machine that's, you know, a friendly machine, a favorite machine. One that you want to get to know better. That's the second part. Third part is, create a lube cart. This isn't just a cart that has lube thrown on it and you kind of move it around to try to find the one you want. This is a lube cart that is designed to the machine, designed to task. That's the principle of smart placement that we, we use. We are designing that cart. Should be on wheels, usually has an upper and a lower level. You design the space at the top as though it's a floor. You decide where things go. And you design the bottom as well. Then you use your color code chart that you developed as the first visual tool. And you start color coding. You can color code, for example, the floor of the cart. Of the, you know, you have your top shelf and the floor would be the, 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 the flat space. You can color code that. You can put up metal barriers to separate things but you need to make this very intelligent. This isn't like a toolbox where you just throw in your tools and it's in there somewhere. Otherwise, you're going to put the wrong lubricant in the Solaire, in the air compressor, and that was done by a maintenance person. An operator can just as easily put the wrong lubricant in trying to help out in a machine and bring it to its knees So the cart reflects the color code system, but it also reflects the machine. Do not mix up lubricants. Make this machine for the CNCs, for the Banbury. And I'm saying two levels of of, of carts. One cart for operators so they can do their autonomous maintenance. A second cart for maintenance that deal with lubrication more deeply in the machine. There is no reason not to have this kind of clarity. You, if, your, if your company is asset-driven, if you have machines galore, 100, 130, 230 machines, I've been in places like this, you have to pay attention. These are like brand-new babies. They have to be tended to if they're to grow up. You need to take care and it's fine to take care in retrospect to have made some mistakes and say this day we will change. This day we will become systematic. We will become careful and thoughtful because we understand lubricants now and we understand that we can master this form. We can master this. Then you just start eating away at the elephant. So these lube carts can be As I say, separate them into operators and into maintenance lube lube cards. okay? So, we're going into our next break. I'll I'll say some things about lube cabinets as soon as we come back, and then we'll just touch on the list of the six big mistakes. See you in a minute.
1: I'll be here. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait, they just go for it. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program.
0: Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. You are at the Visual Workplace. We're in our last segment of today's show, our third show on the visual machine. We are talking about visual lubrication. And we're walking through the six core tools for effective lubrication. We are on loop cabinet. And the previous three are... Lube charts, lube discs and tags, lube carts, lube cabinet, which is what we're on now, your hazmat room, and lube diagrams. So the lube cart, uh, sorry, the lube cabinet and the hazmat room are very close. This is a physical layout. We're using a cabinet. It almost always has doors. And we have a physical layout also in the hazmat room. You want to bring the principles of smart placement to that cabinet and to the room, and you want to put the practices and principles of the visual wear in place as well. So you'll have this cabinet, this derelict cabinet, brown doors, and and they don't open easily. You have to pull and pull, and they finally let loose. And you'll have you'll you'll start organizing that, and you'll separate. The kinds of lubricants or kinds of material on the four or five shelves. And that's a start. But when you get really serious about this, or you just, you don't even have to get serious, you just have to get into it. You have to start developing your appetite. You can make that hazmat cabinet sing because you'll turn it into a hazmat cabinet because it will have some hazardous materials if you're dealing with. Lubricant, you're already in the realm of hazardous materials because you've got to have materials in there for spills. And there's an example of what I'm about to describe in the newsletter, a beautiful hazmat cabinet from Delphi, Deltronicos, and Matamoros, Mexico. And it's fantastic. It has so many principles of visuality. Store things, not air. You have separation You have separation between various um, small cans of lubricants with metal uh, separators. You have grease guns that are ergonomically presented, and you have at the bottom your cleanup squeezed. The air is squeezed out of it. The shelf is raised so that you can only fit the three canisters of what is required, each with a beautiful address in words, in part number, and in photograph on the bottom shelf. So this is a kind of model, do this or better. And I think I featured this hazmat cabinet in every one of my books because it's such a glory. You do the same thing with your hazmat room, number five of the core visual tools for effective lubrication. You design that room. So it becomes easy for someone to go into it, find the right thing, Or put it back in the right place and not make mistakes because the mistakes are so costly. Use the principles of visuality. That's what they're there for. Let the room speak. Let the cabinet speak. Let it become a partner. So that's number four and five. Loop cabinet, hazmat room. I think I'll change that naming to hazmat cabinet so you can see the connection. The final is lube diagrams. These diagrams will take you time, but they show each and every lube points. And there's an example of the uh, machine face with the corollary of lube points also in our newsletter for you to look at. The diagram itself is a diagram that you can simply do on the computer, and it allows us at a glance to see the required Frequency, method, and type of lubrication as well as, and here's the point, the lubrication, of, um, I beg your pardon, the locations of the loop points. The locations. Marry this with an Excel spreadsheet for preventive maintenance that tells you the frequency that is a checklist. The Caterpillar Capsan gets what happens, how often, how long does it take, what do we use, all color-coded. This is all in our our webinar, which is under construction now. But many of you are already doing it, but if you're not doing it or if you have no idea, you don't have a concept in your head, you can't see it, you need to do this right away. You need to identify the actual loop points, get it into a diagram, and turn that diagram into a hit list, a checklist. So you know what to do monthly, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. It's all mapped out there. This, will, this is a, uh, a marriage between or a partnership between your maintenance and your operators, but ma- mostly this is maintenance function, and you need to do it. I know many, many, many of these are Many of these functions are on um, your computer. But I will tell you, I would verify that. I would verify it because I have an example which we won't have time for of a diagram that was on the computer that was missing two loop points, just two. There was nothing there. The grease point on take-up one and the grease point on take-up two wasn't there and it brought the process to a halt happened to be one of two machines that this massive plant needed and so half of their half of their production was shut down. And I'm looking at the um, gaskets. They're completely broken. They're burned to a crisp. It's that old thing of for want of a nail in terms of lubrication. For want of a nail, the shoe was lost. For want of the shoe, the horse was lost. For want of a horse, the rider was lost. For want of a rider, the Battle was lost. For want of a battle, the kingdom was lost. And all for the want of a horseshoe nail. Mm? That's the way it is in lubrication. Terrible vengeance. (laughs) That's our last piece. Our last piece is the lube diagram. Work. A lot of work. Totally worth it. So those are the six core visual tools for effective lubrication. And I'm just going to run through the list of the six big mistakes. We'll hit those the second week in January. Six big mistakes in lubrication, and we'll talk about their visual solutions as much as possible. These are the problems that cause 70 to 80 percent of all equipment failures. Mistake one not enough lubrication or not often enough. Mistake two no lubrication at all. Mistake three too much lubrication or too often. Mistake four, wrong lubricant. Mistake five, improper procedure. And mistake six, introducing contaminants. And as people understand the nature of oil and that free radical that is seeking a partner, any partner will do, thank you, you'll understand and your workforce will understand contaminants and how the solution for a lubrication problem is not to add more. It's not simply to automatically add more. So this is our discussion for the day about the visual machine and the importance of lubrication as part of making your machine visual. If you will, each of these problems solves the infor- some set of information deficits related to the machine and in this case related to lubricating the machine this is a system of thought a system of knowledge it is based on visual principles and practices it is not different than that but it is very physical because the machine is very physical and it has requirements that you can't argue with. When I walk through the examples in January of the, uh, of the mistakes, I'll be looking at a certain kind of machine or a certain company. It's the, comp- it's the company where we develop this particular uh, learning module. But I want to encourage you to inform your operators and let your maintenance do the teaching. Inform your operators of the nature of lubricants so that they appreciate that this is knowledge. It isn't just arbitrary commands and their response is obedience. This is understanding lubricants so that we can protect the machine, our great friend. I want to wish you the happiest of holidays. I want to wish you peace and rest and, and a good uh, a good heart. I'll see you next year. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'll see you next year. 2015. Oh my God. <laughs> God bless you all.
1: Appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galesworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.